We discovered that there were secrets that your body was trying to tell you that could really help you optimize performance. But no one could monitor those things. And that's when we set out to build the technology that we thought could really change the world. Welcome to the Whoop Podcast. I'm your host, Will Ahmed, founder and CEO of Whoop, where we are on a mission to unlock human performance. At Whoop, we measure the body 24-7 and provide analytics to our members to help improve performance. This includes strain, recovery, and sleep. Our clients range from the best professional athletes in the world to Navy SEALs to fitness enthusiasts to Fortune 500 CEOs and executives. The common thread among Whoop members is a passion to improve. What does it take to optimize performance for athletes, for humans, really anyone? We're launching a podcast to dig deeper. We'll interview experts and industry leaders across sports, data, technology, physiology, athletic achievement, you name it. My hope is that you'll leave these conversations with some new ideas and a greater passion for performance. With that in mind, I welcome you to the WHOOP podcast. One thing that we have seen with endurance type athletes is that they don't rest enough. And what ends up happening is folks get injured, you know, they just can't sustain that level, right? Something ends up breaking down. Looking at the, at the data, understanding kind of how you're tracking, what's normal for you, having a robust baseline, all that's really central if you want to optimize performance. What's up, folks? On this week's podcast, our VP of Performance, Kristen Holmes, visits the Noon Hydration Headquarters in Seattle, Washington. If you're not familiar with Noon, they make drink tablets to replenish your electrolytes without the sugar and carbs of a typical sports drink. So here, Kristen sits down with Noon CEO Kevin Rutherford and Director of Product Development Vishal Patel to discuss the intersection of endurance sport, rest, and recovery. I think Noon and Whoop share a lot of overlap in that regard, a focus on recovery. So Kristen and these guys go deep on that. Their conversation includes how working out affects your sleep, hydration and nutrition to improve sleep efficiency, and steps you can take to wake up feeling energized and recovered the next day. For our regular listeners, Kristen also reveals a few new sleep and recovery tips that you haven't heard in previous episodes. I think you're going to like this one. Without further ado, here are Kevin, Vishal, and Kristen. Hey, everyone. Welcome to what I think could be a pretty exciting conversation for me anyway, because I happen to be um, a triathlete, an endurance uh, you know, geek, if you will. Love to get the heartbeat going for an extended period of time. And I'm constantly looking for ways to improve performance. And I'm here with two sports scientists that can help me improve my game, which will hopefully improve your game. Uh, so I just want to introduce you to Kristen Holmes from Whoop, Vishal Patel from Noon Hydration, and then again, I'm Kevin, and I'm the uh, self-proclaimed chief eternal optimist over at Noon Hydration, uh, and like I said, a, a triathlete and endurance geek. So if I could, maybe... Kristen, why don't you just tell us, what, what, what are you doing over at Whoop? Yeah, so I'm the Vice President of Performance. So I work uh, primarily with uh, elite athletes, uh, tactical athletes, uh, to help them optimize the use of the platform. So a lot of that involves interpreting and actioning the Whoop data to help drive performance. And a lot of education around you know, what kind of behaviors are going to lead to optimal performance. 
All right. A lot of that, a lot of that information comes from the data that we receive. And we get this data and we're like, mm, okay, if we, if we modify these behaviors, whether it's a, a training adaptation or, you know, maybe it's sleep behavior, maybe it's uh, recovery behavior, you know, we're able to kind of pinpoint it in the data and then drive that information toward the user. Do you find, and I know we're going to get into detail on this one, so yeah. I, you work with a broad spectrum of athletes, right? From, we call it sometimes the front of the pack to the back of the pack and everyone in between. Yeah, for the most part, you know, a, a lot of the folks that I work with are, are really at the front of the pack, to be honest. Um, you yeah. know, we're talking about, you know, we have almost 82 operators in the platform, Special Operation Forces, Navy SEAL, um, you know, we're really at the tip of the spear. We've got, um, you know, Florida State Soccer just won a national championship, Florida State Softball, we've got Texas Tech, you know, we've got a lot of some of the very best um, student-athletes um, at the NCAA level on the platform as well as in the wow. ends. Yeah, so it's, it's really, and then folks like yourself, you know, we've, we've got, you know, Tour de France uh, cyclists, you know, we've got triathletes and My you know, gosh, yeah. yeah so we're really um we've been able to capture i think uh, uh, the interest of, uh, of a lot of a lot of uh really high-end athletes who are interested in optimizing their potential within their sport and so for those that are listening that may not be at the front of the pack yeah. is it relevant the learning that we're talking it is. about i mean i think to me principally or just at a foundational level like i, I think anyone you know whether you're you know, trying to be the best mom you can be and, and just looking to like, you know, crush your bar class um, or, you know, an elite athlete, you know, you, you still need to understand your body, right? Like, I think that's just important, right? We yeah. want to live as long as we can. We want to be healthy. Uh, we want to be happy. Yeah. And, you know, we have to understand what is going to help me achieve that, right. you know, and it's, it's proper hydration, it's proper nutrition, it's, you know, getting the requisite sleep, um, and being able to dig into that, uh, I think from, I don't know, from a quantified sense, I think is ideal. And of course, um, yeah, you know, that's yeah. my space, so that's what I believe in. But yeah, I think if, if at both ends of the spectrum, I think understanding your body is absolutely central. Amazing. Uh, by the way, our mission is really simple at noon. It's we want to inspire people to move more. Love it. Vishal. Kevin, what is your role at noon? Yeah, so my role at noon is I am the director of product development. So I, uh, my job entails uh, leading our R and D and compliance team. So personally, I feel like I have the best job at noon. Um, even though I know a lot of people here um, that work for noon will, will say that um, because. You know, I get to uh, take my passion and my background for science and innovation um, and put that into practice in helping develop products. Um, like Kevin mentioned, our, our mission at noon is to get people to move more. Um, and, and we truly believe we're doing that through, through our products and, and just using the latest and greatest in science and innovation and taking my passion for, for running, um, and it, it's kind of all uh, married together um, between what I think is, is the best job um, nice. here at noon. So, All right. Well, why don't we get start from the beginning? Um, let's jump in. I have a few questions for you guys to kind of start off with. So, so as an endurance athlete, um, maybe I'll direct this one first to Vishal sure. and, and then, then over to Kristen. But, so eight to ten hours of movement. A week could be more depending on depending on if I'm going on peak time or really going after uh, a personal record, if you will, that I'm mm -hmm. training for. 
And I'm curious about the importance when it comes to performance. Like, what's the role that you think sleep has? Yeah. So, uh, I uh, personally, I feel uh, like sleep is probably the most important aspect of a performance. Um, and I say that because for an endurance athlete like yourself, Kevin, that you're you're working out for multiple hours uh, a week, even um, multiple hours per day. Sure. And uh, what what a lot of times endurance athletes and just athletes in general don't don't understand is that while you're working out, you're actually putting a lot of stress on your body and your muscles. Mm-hmm. And, and during that time, you know your muscles aren't necessarily getting stronger. Um, you're stressing them more, and then in endurance. Uh, exercise um, in particular you get a lot of little micro tears in your muscle which uh, helps what that's why you get tired so that develops into fatigue so your body actually does and will recover efficiently and the right way when you're sleeping when you're totally down at, at, at a restful state you know where you're calm so then you know different hormones aren't being released that can kind of interfere with that recovery aspect so Personally, I feel like when you're sleeping, it's the only time where your mind's truly, truly shut off and then your body can actually focus in on repairing itself because that's that's the goal of recovery too is to just rebuild and repair your muscles that, you know, you're stressing during exercise. Now, I'm not saying exercise is bad for your muscles. It's going to help, you know, with delay the fatigue and make you get stronger over time. But that recovery aspect is really important to make sure that you're getting all of those gains that you would get from the workout. Yeah, that's helpful. Any belts on that? Uh, I mean, it's the greatest legal performance enhancer in sports. Oh my gosh, I love that quote. We'll have to remember Mm -hmm. this one. Dr. Matthew Walker. um, Yes. You know, on this West Coast. Yeah, he's a a psychiatrist, I believe, uh, or doctor of psychology from Cal Berkeley, I think. Um, but yeah, he's he's uh, one of the preeminent uh, sleep scientists in, yeah. in the world, and he's done just loads of research. Uh, so I stole that from him. But I think it's, um, I think it's it's sleep is one hundred percent undervalued in, in the sports world, and that's a, a large part of what I do is I help I'm a sleep evangelist. You know, I help yeah. people understand that you know if they can get because there's you know there's sleep is a skill, right? That you have to develop. And yeah. you need to understand what your sleep architecture looks like at night yeah. in order to understand what type of behaviors you need to assume during the day in order to optimize your sleep at night. Mm-hmm. To your point, you know, it's really, it's the only time we release human growth hormone is during sleep. I think up to 25%, you know, we're releasing during slow sleep. So sure. that's a tremendous amount. So if you think of sleep as a way to, um, you know, basically you're, you can't capitalize on the day's workout without the proper amount of sleep and your body will drive toward a, you know, will tell you what you need to do. But what happens is most folks just literally don't spend enough time in bed in order to really capture enough restorative sleep to capitalize on the day's work. Yeah. Right. Because you're not with what happens tomorrow. If I don't get the requisite sleep, basically what I did today Mm -hmm. is for naught. Yeah. Right. So as a result, we don't make the gains that we should be making. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, we get injured, we get burned out, you know, we, you know, things like that. So sleep is, is, is absolutely central um, from physical aspect as well as obviously the mental restoration. Piece. So let, let me, let's build on that. So what, like, what's, what are the steps kind of walk me through over that eight hours? Yeah. Maybe for me it's 12 hours, but, right. um, but eight hours of sleep. What's, what's that look like overnight? What's happening? Yeah, so you have different stages of sleep that you're kind of going in and out of uh, throughout the night. Um, and, and I will say, you know, in order to kind of 
spend time in a deeper stages of sleep, what happens before bed is really important. I think we'll probably talk about that at some point. Sure. Um, but just in terms of sleep stages, um, sleep is continuous. It's not discrete, but we kind of bucket it into these kind of four categories. So you have time that you're spending awake, which is completely normal. It's not like, oh, hey, I'm awake. You know, yeah. it's you can't really perceive it, but you're effectively physiologically not technically asleep. So yep. there's periods of wake time, there's periods of light sleep, yep. there's um, a period of REM, sleep rapid eye movement, and yep. slow wave sleep. And this is kind of moving on a 90 minute or roughly continuum. Yep. Um, and you know, you really want to try to spend roughly 40% of your total sleep time in these deeper stages of sleep. 40%? 40%. Okay. Okay. So that's that will give you a, enough of the physical and mental restoration to kind of wake up the, the next day fully regenerated. Because hmm. during that time frame, there's all sorts of things happening. There's cellular turnover. There's, you know, genes are turning on, they're turning off. Like there, there's all sorts of things happening that don't happen during the day. Yeah. The only time it can happen is during biological sleep. Got it. When you go to, to bed, do you ever feel like this when I think about going into the stages? Do you ever feel like you worked out so hard that it's actually hard to really fall asleep. You would think you'd be completely exhausted. I, I felt this, so I'm asking, yeah, asking yeah. for a friend. Yeah. Me, me. Yeah. Um, I'm going... You're not alone. I can't... I actually... <laughs> like, I'm so tired and so sore. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, it's hard to sleep well. Well. Yeah. I, I totally get what you've... I, I've experienced that as well, yeah. um, where you would think that, yeah, as soon as you get into bed, it's like yeah. lights out, and, and your body will just yeah. immediately shut down. And... And unfortunately, that's not the case um, a lot of times. And, um, and you know, Kristen could probably go into more detail on why, uh, what's happening to your body uh, to prevent you from that. But a lot of the time, the one point that Kristen mentioned that I think is important for when you are working out um, at, like, you know, a higher intensity is that, that trying to get that 40% or at least within that deep zone because... Yeah. That's the that's the period where your body will actually be able to repair itself, and then you can start building those uh, mm -hmm. those muscle fibers back um, from when you are working out for a really long time. Personally, I feel like when I when I have like a really hard workout and I go into bed, it's almost that I'm, I'm I psyched myself up for that event um, of like kind of finally recovering and finally uh, trying to allow my body to calm down where then I can't fall asleep. But there's there's things you can do to help your body naturally get into that state. What do you do? Because you're, you're yeah. so methodical on, on like how you think about things. Right, you're very right. intentional. Sure, sure. What, what do you do? So, like, well, an interesting part about sleep um, in terms of kind of hormone, natural hormone releases is melatonin. Like, you know, there's a lot of sleep supplements and things like out there that, that take, you know, that add melatonin in there. Now, melatonin is a, a sleep-inducing hormone. Your body will actually naturally produce and release this hormone when you're at a very calm, restful state. So um, a lot of people, when they uh, when, when they're trying to get to a more, uh, you know, after a hard workout, you want to try to accelerate that um, or try to accelerate that period where you are kind of shutting down, you know, your mind and your body in preparation for that melatonin release that comes like when you're in bed and you know uh personally i take uh i take a product called noon rest uh, which is 
which is a concentration of uh, a high amount and highly absorbable magnesium. Yeah. Um, and the magnesium is really a very, very important mineral in terms of recovery that also helps you, um, that also help you uh, get ready for bed. It kind of promotes that, um, this, uh, the sleep inducedness and it does that by you know magnesium is responsible for so many biological reactions in your body to help you with energy recovery you know muscle recovery bone recovery just making sure hormones are being um, utilized properly and, and a lot of your your brain is functioning properly as well when you take in um, higher amounts of magnesium, it, it allows your body to reduce its cortisol levels. And cortisol is a stress hormone that just gets built up throughout the day, whether it's exercise-based okay. or if it's life-based. That's why it's, you know trying to combat your cortisol by you know uh, uh, by you know hydration one. Yeah. And taking in, you know, magnesium, which is a lot of studies have shown to kind of reduce that. So the magnesium will kind of help you reduce stress, um, and then while while before you go into bed, so your body can, you know, naturally produce more melatonin yeah. to help your body kind of, um, uh, you know, calm down and fall asleep. And then there's there's tart cherry as well, um, which the great thing about tart cherry is that it has natural melatonin in there and it allows your body to naturally serotonin, produce it. Yeah, yeah, right, sorry, yeah. Uh, and uh, so it allows your body to naturally kind of produce uh, this, uh, release the hormone yeah. to allow your body to sleep more. So so there, it's kind of like a synergistic effect. You know, you want your body to get down to a restful state first so then you can naturally... Uh, uh, you know, it can kind of flip that natural switch where your body, your brain will be like, okay, now I can start focusing in on sleep. Obviously it's, it's, uh, it's harder. Um, you know, it's harder to do in practice, but one thing that Kristen mentioned early on is that you have to practice sleep and it, it's about consistency and then kind of tracking where that, where that consistency goes. That's, that's a great lead in because I was thinking about as I'm using my whoop here and learning, I'm, I'm new to it. And it talks about mm -hmm. like when you talk about steps and then you talked about the best performance enhancing non-drug, <laughs> I guess, if you will, like it says performance sleep, like this sleep performance. or sleep performance. I'm yeah. like, wait, what? It's supposed to be restful. So <laughs> like, how is this a performance? Right. Well, it's just, it's just a way we, talk about the score. So it's basically what you got versus what you need. Yeah. So WHOOP is going to tell you how much time you need to spend in bed mm -hmm. uh, based on how much cardiovascular load you put on your body mm -hmm. during the day. Mm -hmm. uh, any naps that you might have taken during the day that will cut down your sleep needs. Does it know if I'm, at, if I'm napping? Mm -hmm. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it does. Right. If, 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 you've been in, if you've gotten to enough of a restful state mm -hmm. where it, physiologically it qualifies as sleep. Um, you can enter it in as a nap manually if it didn't if it didn't pick it up. That just yeah. means your heart rate wasn't you know low enough. You moved too much and your heart rate variability you know was uh, fascinating you know, too yeah too high or whatever. So um, yeah, so we're looking at you know certain parameters to understand if if you actually trigger physiological sleep. So speaking of um, of heart rate, how does how's that an indicator of recovery performance? How's heart rate an indication of recovery? Is that is that phrased right? Like, um, yeah. So I mean, heart rate is really interesting um, because it, it's it's a better like longitudinal marker as opposed to 
kind of something you want to hyper optimize like day in day out, mm-hmm. right? It's like a so I think a better marker of understanding kind of how your capacity for a single day is is part variability is is probably a better indicator of mm-hmm. of what you can do that day mm-hmm. on the day. Yeah. Um, so you're looking at you know percent standard deviation movement off of your baseline to kind of understand what yesterday did to me today. Uh, okay, yeah. so it's a really core metric as it relates to recovery. Yeah. I think you combine that with resting heart rate and you combine it with sleep performance now, and that's kind of what we do at, at Whoop that makes up our recovery score. Yeah. You combine those three markers and now we, we really can understand your capacity for the day. Mm-hmm. So I think in, in, we um, just got done an 18 month study with Corey Stringer Institute and were published and um, they, what the paper basically said was that, um, or found was that no single metric rest and heart rate, body variability, sleep performance is independently more valuable than they are together. So our, our algorithm that puts those three pieces together was basically validated. So it's it's a it's a number that basically when you wake up in the morning, yep. you understand, okay, how much strain can I actually put on my body safely? Mm. And, 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 and in a way that I can make gains. Right. If you wake up and you're and we bucketed, you know, green, yellow, red. Yeah. And if you wake up kind of in this red zone, yeah. um, you know, you're you're really you're basically your heart isn't responsive to both inputs of the autonomic nervous system. You have the sympathetic branch and the parasympathetic branch. And they're right. both competing to send signals to the heart. Yeah. When your heart variability is suppressed, your heart isn't going to be as responsive to both inputs. Okay, so you're just not going to be able to adapt your environment in the same way as if you had a really high heart rate of variability. High heart rate variability, good, low, means you need to prioritize recovery. You're, you're leading me to so many, like both of you, like to so many more questions um, that I didn't have written down. Um, so, so here's one for, for you to think about on, on what you just said is, yeah. so if I'm tired, I've got like a lot of training workload built in. Yeah. It's that peak time frame. It's chronic load accumulation. Yeah, exactly. I'm beat up. I'm tired. I'm tired, right? Yeah. But yet I'm told that work out through that. Just keep going through it because... That just trains your body to work through pain and blah, blah, blah. And, and so I'm like, okay, keep going. But meanwhile, I'm just like, and that performance goes down on my workouts. I cannot hold it. There's a sweet spot. There's no question about it, right? Like you, you know, and I, and I think that's where having data, you know, and I've worked with thousands of athletes with this all inside data all day long. That's what I do. So I think there's, there's functional adaptation and there's non-functional. Right. If you are so far off of your baseline, yeah. you're in a non-functional moment. Like you're, you know, more is not better. Right. More is right. just more. Right. You, right. you don't want to be in a situation where um, you shouldn't be pushing through pain. That shouldn't be the norm. Right. There's going to be periods of time during your training block where you are looking to, you know, you're going to have a suppressed HRV. You're going to have an increase in resting heart rate. That's good. Right. Your, your system is accepting the stress that you're putting on it. But it gets to a point where it can be non-functional. Yep. And that's where kind of this superficial bucketing of the red, green, yellow is really helpful. When you have a huge deviation off your baseline, right. it's just your body is not going to be able to capitalize yeah. on the effort that you're putting on that day. It's just rest. So I, I think one thing that we have seen with endurance type athletes is that they don't rest enough. Yeah. There's, too, there's way too much going on in terms of workload, yeah. chronic workload. Yeah. Um, and what ends up happening is folks get injured, you know, they just can't sustain that level, right? Something ends up breaking down. Yeah. So I, I think there is, you know, um, in, in my viewpoint, and, and I think what the research kind of is, is supports this is that, you know, um, 
you know, looking at the, at the data, understanding kind of how you're tracking, what's normal for you, having a, a robust baseline, all that's really central if you want to optimize performance. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense for sure. Michelle, is there anything like that you would recommend to do? I was thinking from a nutrition <coughs> perspective to help get to a quicker recovery. Absolutely. And um, the one thing about uh, recovery nutrition is that, you know, it's all about the long term. You know, it's all it, it's not about, hey, you know, I just finished a run and I'm my calf is sore, so I'm going to drink this so I'm not sore anymore. It, it's about taking that slower approach um, where, you know, yes, protein and specifically like branch chain amino acids are really, really important for that muscle recovery aspect of it. But as, as Kristen has mentioned um, throughout, uh, throughout the, the talk today, it's that, it's that you do need that rest. Like you, you really, really do need that, that rest side of it because that's when the load is going to be off your body completely. Like as you're preparing for bed and things like that, you know, it, it's taking in... Um, it's not consuming caffeine or, or stuff like that, you know, obviously, uh, close to bed. It's, it's not, you know, exercising for an extremely high intensity, you know, 30, 40 minutes before bed, but it's really to try to take more calm, um, inducing, um, nutrients and things like that, like, uh, like magnesium, like, like a chamomile tea or something like that. And then the, the tart cherry as well. Um, that, that is a component of rest um, um, will, will help as well. And, and it's not necessarily just because of the aspect that it's going to uh, help your body produce melatonin. It's, it's the anthocyanins in there, that red pigment that you see in tart cherry that's going to really help with muscle soreness. And, and there's a lot of, yeah, and the antioxidants as well. Like there's, there's a lot of good things in, in tart cherry that'll help you kind of prepare for, for bed and to help you kind of recover um, in that it's just helping fighting all of the high stress um, uh, like free radical production and things like that. So oxidative stress is yep. like mm -hmm. really, really tough for the body and will divert resources you know, toward recovery. So, you know, one way to, to think about it just principally like at a high level is, is you want to reduce glycemic variability, right? Like you don't want to have these huge spikes in your blood sugar, right? Because yep. that is going to disrupt, you know, you're going away from homeostasis. Now you're in a position where, yep. oh gosh, all these resources need to go to deal with all the crap I just put in my system. Mm -hmm, sure. So yeah. now that's not enabling me to have, you know, all the things that need to be happening to, to kind of help me recover don't happen. Right, so another way to think about it is, you know, having foods that are not going to create these these spikes in, in blood sugar, nutrient rich. Mm -hmm. nutrient At any dense. point in the day, or you're talking about before I go to bed? Well, certainly before you go to bed, you yeah. know, because you you know if you've exercised really really hard, like mm -hmm. to your point earlier, um, you know, you're going to mute melatonin. Yep. Okay, yeah. that's what's been studied, right? We know we know that, so you have to think extra hard about what you're actually putting in your body. Yep. So you can you know you can prepare to get yourself to a point where you can actually sleep. I think we'd be remiss not to say the blue light as well. Um, you know, what's in this? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, it will, you know, it will prevent you from staying asleep, getting into the deeper stages, um, your sleep quality, sleep efficiency, um, your sleep onset, the blue light, you should block it three hours before bed. Three hours. Oh gosh. Three yes. hours. I know. It's crazy. I go to bed at 7 p.m. But, so I, yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> um, but when you, when you talk about the circadian rhythm, you know, um, it's light as a measure, right? You know, you know, light, food timing um, are both 
really in sleep wake timing, you know, three of the most important factors, you know, when it when it comes to aligning your circadian rhythm. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to get your definition of what is poor quality versus high quality yes. sleep. Maybe if we could define that. Yeah. And, and then from there, I have a question for both of you because it was, yeah. it was, they're kind of correlated here. We talked about when not to have the blue light. You said three hours before. I'm like, okay, that's interesting. i got to change my habits pretty quickly here. Um, Those glasses are really helpful. What about then as well? So poor quality, high quality. Yeah. This one of the other things that leads into it. So I've heard about... Obviously, breakfast is break the fast, and so I hear you shouldn't have anything food-wise to to consume for 12 hours. I've even heard some data, statistical statistical data, would suggest it's even closer to 14 is optimal. Um, again, this is interesting, but again, it's about yeah. this high quality, poor quality sleep, and then your, you guys, your perspective on the 12-hour break the fast or more. Yeah. So in, in terms of, do you want to tell no, no, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Um, so sleep quality is, you know, as I mentioned, it's, you know, 40% of your total sleep time. Yeah. You want to be in these deeper stages of sleep. So that's and a that's high quality? That would be, that would be high quality, yeah. So it's really, the time that, the time that you're spending in bed, you know, are you able to achieve that 40%? So some folks have to spend more time in bed in order to get to that 40. Some people need to spend less time in bed. There are things that you can do that will enable you to spend less time in bed, but allow you to have that more quality, more efficient sleep. Yeah. The low-hanging fruit is sleep-wake timing. If you can be as consistent as humanly possible in terms of when you go to bed and when you wake up, right. that is huge. Because your body, it likes predictability, right? When we're talking about releasing hormones and things like that, it's it's it wants to... like if you If my body knows that I'm going to be going to bed, my, I want to fall asleep at 9.30, I start prepping for bed at 8.30, like, my body already knows that. And I do that over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, everything is just firing all cylinders, right? Mm -hmm. My gut, my brain, my hormones, like, all of that is just on fire, mm -hmm. right? Because yeah. of, of just this one single hack, sleep-wake timing. Yeah. Therefore, I don't have to spend as much time in bed yeah. because I'm, I'm giving my body what it, what it wants. And yeah. I've got this, like, perfect sleep-wake line. So is... Is, I'm sorry, I'm going to so that's the this. best way to, to get quality sleep is to, to stabilize your sleep wake time. But eight hours is kind that's of that's arbitrary. So that's, that's arbitrary. It's arbitrary. So it's it's really it's it's relative to how much load you're putting on your body mm -hmm. during the day. Okay, if you crushed the you know your if you did a three hour run and a you know and then you you swam a mile like you know that that you put a lot of load on your body yeah. you're probably gonna have to spend more time in bed in order to optimally regenerate yeah okay also factoring you know it is harder to sleep when you're sore and yeah you know like you're you can't quite get as comfortable like right. you just might need to spend a bit more time in bed in order to get that optimal sleep okay do you what, what do you think vishal yeah i um the last point you mentioned on on and i think this kind of hits home on on your earlier question about kind of being comfortable when yeah. you like get into bed and then and then the because oftentimes I and sorry I'm kind of taking this in another direction but but often when I'm like going uh, this happened to me this this weekend after I, I had a, a harder run on on uh, on Saturday and I, I did take a nap um, during the day which which I had to because That's it great. was just like I had time and, and I could just feel I, I felt that if I wasn't going to actually try to start the recovery earlier in the day, it's going to be harder for me to fall asleep because I'm just not going to be able to get comfortable. And, 
And I actually, uh, that strategy does work oh, um, yes. for like longer, um, um, you know, longer workouts and as stuff. As long as it's before three o'clock. Yeah, it was yeah. before three o'clock. And like 30 or 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. yeah. And I, I, I just, uh, I just set a timer on my phone for 45 minutes and I, I shut everything off. And even, re I'm not even sure if I'm actually sleeping or, or napping in that time, I but like you're resting. yeah, I, I, absolutely. And, and I feel like the, when I, when I start doing things like that, or I try to um, not think about like you know being sore going into bed, it, it really is like the power of the brain um, works. You know, uh, controls everything, you, and it actually does work in that scenario. Okay, for me. So, yeah. so do you wake up in the morning energized? As it's one of the choices when I'm looking at my Whoop data, and it's like, are you energized? Are you slightly um, sore? Do you, um, do you actually wake up going? Boom! Let's do this day. Let's go. Honestly, in the mornings, my dog jumps onto bed and starts going crazy. So I am like ready to go. Um, but but no, I, I, yeah. Honestly, there there are some mornings where I'm just I feel tired. Um, where you know I feel even more sore than I did the night before. And I think um, I think that that's natural and normal to have your body kind of feel a little bit differently yeah. in, in certain stages of sleep and during your workouts and things like that. But, but I feel like the times where, you know, I do, it, it, like I'm trying to be more consistent about my bed and awake time. Yeah. And, and I, and it, it, it really, I, I feel like it really has been, um, um, now I've been really, you know, an hour before, like I try to get into bed at 1030 and around 930, I'll, I'll, I'll start preparing, you know, and, and start shutting everything down. I read before I, I go to bed. It, it helps me. Yeah. Um, just, it just helps take my mind just off of the day. Routine. Yeah. And then exactly. It's about yeah. like. But you're reading totally. is okay because your mind is working. Like you're, yeah, I mean, it depends yeah. on what you're reading. You sure, know, if sure. You're reading yep. something like some crime novel and it's yeah, like really yeah. stressful. Like it's probably not the best right, thing right, for right, that. Yeah, right. right. But um, but yeah, if as long as it's like relaxing and pleasurable, you know, not stressful, it's great. Um, do you wake up energized? Yep, I, yep. I really do. Yeah, you I do. I do. I mean, not every I'm day. I'm just really jealous. Yeah, I want to wake up energized. I, you can. It's possible. Mm -hmm. I, I'm tired. There's just a few things that you need to stabilize in your life and try to be consistent with. It's not a million things. It's a few things. Okay, what do I need to do? Okay, well, I think. Okay, so Stay one of the things that influences your time spent in deeper stages is how you manage stress throughout the day. Okay. So most individuals um, have accumulate negative stress throughout the day. Yeah. And that is going to, it might not affect your sleep onset because mm -hmm. most people have a lot of sleep debt, so they fall asleep mm -hmm. really quickly, but then they have crappy sleep during the night. Yeah. And a lot of this is due to this negative stress accumulation. Yeah. So this phenomenon is real. Um, and the way to mitigate that is to take these like micro, like rest cycles throughout the day. Oh. So, so literally you can just breathe for a minute every 90 minutes. And you know, if you breathe over 45 uh, seconds or seconds, 45 seconds to a minute, you release acetylcholine, which tells your heart rate to slow down. You know, it's got this really powerful effect. Hmm. And you don't, it, again, it doesn't have to be a long time, but if you do that, you know, I, I try to do it before and after a meal. Um, and then I do it after every 90 minute block of work. Mm -hmm. So for the most part, like during the day, I feel 
pretty much like I can stay present and focus on the task at hand. And, and that's that, really what breathing does. Is that the equivalent of meditating in this case? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's passive mindfulness, um, yeah. which, yeah. you know, some meditation can actually activate the sympathetic branch in the nervous system and, and actually not be as, okay. you know, restorative as, as just passive mindfulness. But yeah. the whole idea or the whole principle behind it is that, you know, you want to, when you're thinking about the future, you think about the past, and you're not in the present, that's when the anxiety kind of creeps in. Yeah. So, sense. you okay. know, the extent to which you can kind of, okay, you've got this work block where you're focused, you're on task. All right. And now I've got this like mindful moment you yeah. know, that I, I breathe for, you know, a minute, two minutes. And you want your, your inhale to be greater than your exhale. But, you know, there's lots of resources online that you can kind of figure Great out what's best for you. Yeah. So breathe in and then, you know, yeah. your exhale is a little bit less than your inhale. Got it. Um, you know, hypoxia, even, you know, training, sometimes with your mouth closed, sleep with your mouth closed, you know, a lot of, you want a lot of, you know, your kind of that journey to be through your nose. Okay. Just something to think about. What, why is that different? Like why through your nose versus your mouth? Um, so it's, it's just in terms of like, it's just your diaphragm and kind of how it's responding okay. um, to the breath essentially. Okay. Um, the Oxygen Advantage, um, if anyone wants to like dig into it, is an awesome book, and it'll tell you all about breathing mm. and oxygen and <laughs> how important it is. Interesting. Yeah, okay. but I would say mitigating negative stress accumulation is going to help with your sleep efficiency, quality, mm -hmm. um, and and also your onset, so your sleep onset, your ability to fall asleep at night. Yeah. Um, hot shower, you know, vasodilation, you know, all the blood gets pumped to the out, you know, the extremities. Because you, you can't actually fall asleep until your core temperature decreases. Right. So that process of a hot shower um, decreases your core temperature. So you have to bring it down by like two degrees, I think, in order to um, release um, melatonin. That feels backwards to me. I'm I taking know, a hot shower, yeah, but I'm reducing my core temperature? Yes. You reduce your core temperature with a hot shower because all the blood gets pumped to the, the outer extremities. Oh, yes. It's called vasodilation. Yeah, yeah. All right. And that is like a, okay. an awesome hack for sleep. So... The bottom line is just is finding kind of a routine for you that's going to work, yeah. you know. And when you're working out really, really hard, um, you know, to your point earlier, like you, you, that routine is going to probably look a little bit different. Mm -hmm. If you've got a light workout, that routine is going to be mm -hmm. slightly different. But again, your body loves predictability. Yeah. So the more predictable you can be, the better. So I, I, as I, I really don't wake up energized yeah. in the morning very often. I don't. I don't. I'm not like sluggish. Maybe. Generally. Maybe. Well, but in most endurance athletes I come mm -hmm. across are generally mm -hmm. under-recovered. Hmm. But if I take a nap, unexpected nap, here I am on a Saturday afternoon and yeah. I fall asleep, I feel like a million bucks when I wake up. I'm like, yeah. my chest feels like it's expanded. Yeah. Is that normal? Like, seriously, like, I'm like, I feel like there's so much oxygen going on in here. Yeah. That's how I feel. I, I don't mean, know if that's what's happening. Naps can be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really important that you do it before three o'clock. You don't want to nap after three because that will have a negative. Time. Yeah, that will okay. have a negative effect on your, your probably your onset and also your quality of your sleep. We've seen this in the data like big time. Yeah. Um, so it will impair your sleep up to fifty percent. So if, if you'll spend fifty percent less time in deeper stages of sleep if you take a nap after three. This is like NBA and MLB athletes. It's a constant struggle. Yeah. Because um, a lot of those guys, especially the Latin guys, come over and they you know they're sleeping at four o'clock. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyway, before three. Yeah. And generally, you want to do either a thirty-minute block or a ninety-minute block, but try to avoid anything in between. Oh. Okay. And the caffeine nap is sensational. Espresso. Set your timer. Wake up thirty minutes. You will really feel like a million dollars. All right, Sean.
You're the coffee yeah, master, so you got yeah. that down. I can drink. We need like uh, a noon version yeah. of like the the nap, the, the noon nap. Noon nap. Yeah. Tablet. Um, that would be interesting. I feel like I just feel like I have so many questions. I I've, I frequently say. Yeah, you um, talk about the intermittent fasting too. That's a whole other. That was like the second part of that question. But, oh yeah. Talk to me about. Oh yeah. That's so the yeah. twelve hours. So is do you agree that that's optimal? Like, what do you guys think? Uh, personally, I mean, it, it, this is just a personal um, opinion. I don't. I don't encourage like the intermittent uh, fasting aspect of it just because I, and I understand that uh, for certain situations, like it can work and and there's some premise behind it for me, just as a a general kind of, you know, a a scientist or a nutritionist, I just feel like more balanced intake of food um, and and eating the right foods at the right times um, during the day is just going to provide more overall health that will end up helping with recovery and sleep, etc. So I don't really uh, prescribe, if you would, um, to kind of some of those strategies, although I I do understand the premise behind it. um, Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, but, but for me, it's more about just, uh, taking nutrition in terms of eating the right foods, eating more, trying to eat more plant-based and, and not a lot of refined sugar. So try to control your blood sugar and to have it more consistent throughout the day, because that's going to also give you energy and then also allow your body to rest and calm down when it needs to. Fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Definitely. There is, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on the fringe on that. I, I, I basically don't eat till noon. I stop eating at seven. So, so you I, do it to it then. I do. I do. Yeah. At, at least, you know, three, four times a week. Um, I just feel better. Um, I feel like it, uh, it controls my weight. It takes decision-making off the table. Like it frees That's up my true. brain. Yes. Um, but that, that said, I do have, um, you all know, have like a, a MCT oil in the morning. Um, so I'm not, not eating. Um, so I am having fat, but, um, but I don't have, you know, I really, my first meal is, is pretty much lunch for the most How part. How would you consume that then, Sarah? Is that, um, I put it in a coffee. Mm, okay, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bull, bullproof. Yeah. Oh yeah. Local yeah. Seattle based brand. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, and I think, you know, there is, there's, there's, you know, a lot of science that suggests it's a, it's a, it's a positive thing for your health, um, longevity, um, you know, having these periods of time where you're not asking your body to digest food. Um, you know, it's, I think kind of getting into that anabolic state versus catabolic, I think is, is, is a powerful forcing function in the system and something that I think we can, we can actually manipulate, you know, by through fasting. Is there, is there a role that hydration plays into whether or not you're going to get the right recovery, right amount of sleep? Well, uh, you know, the, the, the fundamental basis of hydration which I, I, I try to keep reminding people like what hydration does. And, it, it, you know, just from the simple aspect of it, it helps bring oxygen to, you know, helps circulate oxygen right. um, to your working muscles, um, especially. Um, that's why it's so important um, for athletes. That's why when you're, you know, uh, you, uh, when you go to the doctor or whatever and they're, they're doing your physical and, you know, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm tired all the time. They're gonna be like, drink more water. And it's like... It's, it's like, the yeah, I know, I know it is. It's like, and they're like, okay, yeah, sure. I'll just drink water and, and, and it'll do it. Um, yeah. Water won't hydrate you as effectively as like 
noon or something with electrolytes well because like yeah consuming fluids is one thing but you want to actually absorb the fluids and, and the the sodium and the electrolytes will kind of help that so so I I, 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 I again I'm not saying that hydration is a cure for everything but like in the fundamental if you look at it yeah it is really close if you look at it what the functions of it in that it helps bring oxygen to you it, it gives plant uh plants like an ability to live and, and, yeah. and us too sure. obviously so so i do think that uh, it, it, it there's so many aspects of hydration that that help with recovery that help with sleep we, you can add different nutrients to hydration like you know increase the magnesium levels um to kind of which is a key electrolyte and a mineral um that will help with just overall hydration but will also help with like kind of that sleep induced inducing behaviors and things like that we see it with uh one of the metrics that we track heart rate variability mm-hmm. if you go to bed under hydrated your heart rate variability will be in the tank so the biggest sure. influencers yep. on mm-hmm. heart rate variability so you do you want to have more variants? More variability, yeah. So it's it's the interval of time, heart variability. Mm-hmm. It's a function of the heart, but it manifests in the autonomic nervous system, and it's just literally like the measurement of time in between kind of heartbeats. Then you want more variability. That's the healthier of your heart, the more variability. Is, is there a heart rate that's like a little dangerously too low when you're sleeping? Meaning, um, my mine said it was like thirty-seven. No, I mean just you're really fit. And you're well, I don't got, that, but. no, I mean your cardiovascular health is just really good. It's interesting. Like, so it's your, not, your blood, blood pressure must be super low. Uh, I think I, I actually just went to the doctor last week, um, and they said normal. I can't remember what oh, it was. Normal. Okay. Yeah, it was just normal. Yeah, oh, it wasn't well. It was just yeah, nothing bad, nothing exciting. No, I mean I, I, I mean there probably is. A, yeah, maybe your heart's no longer beating. That's not yeah. a good thing. Yeah. I know. I'm just like. <laughs> I think, but, I think my wife's like, are you alive? What, what did the doctor <laughs> say? Did you, did you tell him? I mean, he must have saw that. He, must have he didn't say anything. I don't know. Anything. Well, I, usually, he knows your, usually you know, the reaction, yeah. Usually the reaction I get is, um, are you, that, are like, you if it, that's yeah. the question. I know. Time. They say too. Are you a runner? Yeah. I'm like, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, I like, know. <laughs> but I, I didn't realize my resting heart rate at night was that low until yeah. I used Whoop. Yeah. And I was like, what the heck is going yeah. on? I go, am I almost like not alive? No, no, no. We, um, that's, it's not, that's, we see that in, in our elite endurance athletes. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay, cool. So welcome to the club. Yes. Yeah. You made it. <laughs> well, I don't know if I made it, but I'll pretend. <laughs> yeah, I'll fake it. I'll yeah. fake it for sure. Um, yeah. Anything, anything other tips you guys want to make sure we leave everyone with on when it comes to sleep oh, and recovery? rejuvenation and energy yeah i mean i would uh, again the uh, not to you know uh say this over and over again but uh, what i keep why i think recovery is is hands down the most important part um of of exercise performance and especially sleep is that that's when your body can actually repair and rebuild itself yeah and it's like you're, you're stressing your body so much during exercise which is great um uh but like you really do need to give your body the yeah. time to repair because yeah. you know we're not just running on Monday you know we're running Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday so it, it's like you know tomorrow's workout or tomorrow's run is going to be dictated by everything I do yeah. you know today and how I prepare my body yeah. um, so so I I, I I was really excited for you know for 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 this talk and, and obviously for for us to 
provide more options for people um, to help them recover and rest more so they can move more, you know, which, which we're doing with, with noon rest and, and, and other aspects as well. So Awesome. The one thing that I would add is just, um, you know, to really pay attention when your like natural pressure for sleep is, mm. you know, we, we're all, we have a different chronotype, you know, some folks are going to naturally feel sleepy around 11, other people seven, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you go to bed at seven. <laughs> Maybe true. Yeah. <laughs> so I start to feel sleepy around 8.30, yeah. I'm going to want to be in bed around nine and then hopefully I'm hopefully falling asleep by 9.30, like yep. the latest. Sure. Um, that's my natural prefer- pressure for sleep. Mm-hmm. So pay attention to your natural pre- pressure for sleep. When you push past your natural pressure for biological sleep, you end up releasing a whole host of hormones that you know, are going to basically stress the sympathetic branch of your nervous system. So you're going to release cortisol, epinephrine, you know, adrenaline, you know, all of those things you need for race time, not for bedtime. So right. it's really important to, um, to kind of understand that piece. Cause people are like, Oh, I have this surge of energy. I'm like, well, of course you do. Cause your body is like stressed thinking yeah. that it needs to perform right. when it really wants to go to sleep. It wants to, you know? Sleep. So yeah. I think that's, that's, a, that's a, something for folks to just, I think, be aware of. And then obviously nail the sleep wake timing. I'm telling you I, in the data, it is mind boggling when people start being consistent with their sleep you know, they end up spending, I think it's 30 more to, 32 more minutes in REM, and I think 17 more minutes in slowly of sleep, which is clinically extro- very, very significant. Yeah. So it's, it's in, in the operators that I work with, it's even more than that. You know, some of those, it's somewhere between 6 and 13% across both groups, both stages of sleep. So it's, it's really powerful. Do you have nap rooms at WHOOP? We don't, and we should. Sure. I know. No. I know. We need nap pods. Yeah, I just saw Ariana Huffington, Thrive Global, you know, she's all about the work life, you know, yeah. that balance and they have they've just purchased a nap pot in their office. So. Oh she did? Yeah. Or they did, I they guess. Did. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, we need one. Yeah. Don't give the noon team any ideas. They'll just want they'll just want to nap all day. Just get never get up. Um so yeah, I uh, just wanna say thanks a ton. This has been yeah. so fun. I, I seriously could go on for another half an hour with questions for you too, so thanks so much. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. Cheers. It's good to meet you. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> thanks to Kristen, Kevin, and Vishal for coming on the Whoop Podcast. If you're not already a member, you can join the Whoop community now for as low as $18 a month. We'll provide you with 24-7 access to your biometric data as well as analytics across strain, sleep, recovery, and more. The membership comes with a free Whoopstrap 2.0. And for listening to this podcast, folks, if you enter the code WILLAHMED, that's W-I-L-L-A-H-M-E-D, at checkout, we'll give you 30 bucks off. So thank you for listening. Put 30 bucks on my tab, and hopefully you enjoy Whoop. For our European customers, the code is WILLAHMEDEU. Just tack EU on the end of my name, and that'll get you 30 euros off when you join. Check out whoop.com slash the locker for show notes and more, including links to relevant topics from our conversation. You can subscribe, rate, and review the Whoop podcast on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or wherever you found this podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. You can find me online at Will Ahmed and follow at Whoop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also email thelocker at whoop.com with any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions. 
For our current members, we've got a lot of new gear in the Whoop store. I suggest you check that out. It includes 6, 12, and 18-month gift cards, help you save over time. We've got new bands, new colors, new textures. Visit whoop.com for more. Thank you again for listening to the Whoop podcast. We'll see you next week.